Hey, what's up? Eric Garcia here. Thanks for listening to the Stuff About Money podcast. This is part two of a series that Xavier and I did with Jessica Burke of Now Wedding Magazine. Part one, we talked about the financial cost of a wedding, what decisions go into uh, planning a wedding. And in this episode here, we're talking about the seven financial issues you should discuss before getting married. So if you are getting married yourself, if you know someone who's getting married, or if you have kids who will get married one day, share this with them. Go back and listen to part one. If you didn't listen in, this is really important stuff. Xavier, I'd be rich if I had a dollar every time I heard someone say, man, I wish I knew 20 years ago what I know today about money. They need to be teaching about this stuff in school. Like the power of investing early. Compound interest. That alone would impact lives. Understanding and planning for taxes. Understanding the difference between both good debt and bad debt. Eric, what about all the stuff about money that business owners need to know? What kind of insurance should you be buying? The importance of contributing towards your retirement. They don't teach any of this stuff in school. Y'all sit back, get ready, because we are talking stuff about money they didn't teach you in school that you need to know. Welcome back to Stuff About Money. I'm Xavier Angel, and I'm joined with my co-host, Eric Garcia, your favorite certified financial planner. How are you guys doing today? I'm the favorite. You are the favorite. I'm yes. Favorite. Today. I'm the favorite. Today. Just today. Okay. And th- this is- Am I your favorite wedding magazine publisher? Jessica, <laughs> you are our favorite wedding magazine publisher. We're joined here again for part two of our discussion about weddings with Jessica Burke, yes. publisher of Now Magazine. Yes. Jessica, what's happening? Yes. Oh, I'm excited to be here uh, talking about money and weddings. It's a big topic yep. that we run into and it doesn't really get discussed enough, it, I think. It doesn't. And- it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're going to talk about it before we talk about it in our first episode. Yes. People, if y'all didn't listen to it, yeah. go back and listen to it. Um, yeah. We asked the question that we always ask, what's something about money you now know that you would wish you would have known yeah. 20 years ago? And you said, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. there's so much stuff. And I said, you can only share <laughs> one. But since we're doing two parts, we figured we'd give you a pass and let you share a second thing about money. So yeah. what's that second thing about money you wish you would have known back in the day? Okay. So- this is a close second. And um, honestly, it was about student loans, which I think is a hot topic right now, clearly. Um, I was fortunate in that I have already paid off my student loans. I was able to consolidate a few things due to my circumstances. However, um, I took loans I didn't actually need to take. I was encouraged to take them to give a cushion, to have spending money. I was working throughout college. I technically did not need the money. And it, it was just, I'm thinking back, you know, that was really, I didn't need to take those loans. I didn't need to take that money and I didn't need to have that interest accruing and all of that. And it was something that I wish I had thought through a little bit more and not just said, oh, sure, you're handing me a loan. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> that that so. is great advice. I, I hear people yeah. say that on a regular basis. I wish I didn't yeah. take this out because I didn't need it. Yeah. yeah. You know, what that does yeah. too is debt tricks us into thinking that we can live a higher lifestyle than we can actually afford. Yeah. And, th- and that's yeah. one of the problems. That's so one of like the, 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 the things about even, even if you pay your credit card every month, man, yeah. you, it's so much easier to swipe a card than to like, yeah. than to, um, you know, use cash or, or whatever. Like yeah. the, it doesn't make the same connection. So debt tricks us into thinking so that true. we can live higher than we, than we really can. 
So Problem that's is, good not stuff. Many people, not many people yeah. are carrying cash anymore. How much cash no, do you have on no, you, Eric? I actually have a lot right now because my kid, she'll babysit or, or some, she'll do something. She'll get yeah. cash and she'll give it to me and say, hey, could you put this in my bank account? Well, I don't, I can't remotely deposit cash. It doesn't work. I try. It doesn't yeah. work. Um, so I'll just, I'll hold on <laughs> to it and I'll just transfer her money. So I, I probably have more oh than, than I normally do. But I used to never have cash until she started. I don't know. I don't know where she gets her cash from. Anyway. Young, right. young, young entrepreneur. You, you're part teaching them right. Yeah. Part two. Part two. Yep. So we're going to talk about um, just, these are just seven things that rose to the top. Seven issues about money okay. that, that couples should talk about when getting married. I want to I yes. take a step back real quick, though, and, and share a, a couple of things here. So probably, it was over 10 years ago, I started collaborating mm-hmm. with a good friend of mine, couples counselor, Dr. Matt Morris. We ended up we ended up, we had an entire podcast uh, show. Um, it's called Building Us, Invest in Your Relationships. Okay. And here's how it came about. He came to me one day and said, hey, look, I was, I was counseling this couple and this was their issue. I think it was a money thing. This is the advice I gave. Was it good advice? I'm like, yeah, that was actually good, sound advice. Um, yeah. And then we started talking how, he's like, you know, money comes up often in couple, in couples counseling. And counselors, we're just not taught about money. We're not comfortable talking about money. So we don't talk, we don't address, we don't address this major issue in, in marriages and it's problematic. So him and I, we actually started presenting, co-presenting. We presented at several counselor um, association meetings. And the idea was to up counselors' knowledge or comfort with money so that if these topics Mm -hmm. came up, they felt at least comfortable to not to give financial advice, but comfortable enough to discuss them, because okay? a lot of these, a lot, a lot of us are dealing with our own, you know, financial mistakes, much less other people. Yeah. So we're just not comfortable talking about it. So we started collaborating, and we actually came up with a a it was like a a program, an offering. We called it Building Us, where Matt would Matt would deliver his premarital counseling um, program, and they would talk about things about intimacy, um, communication, all the stuff. And those designed, there were sessions before the wedding, and there were sessions during the first year. And I thought it was brilliant. So I said, Matt, let me design a, a segment to talk about money, about things that people need to talk about from, from a financial standpoint. So, man, we got so much feedback from that. Um, and we're, we're, still, we're still collaborating today. But when, when two people come together, right, in, in marriage, there is, I don't care if... Whether whether you're you're religious or spiritual, there's there's this commitment that like, hey, like I want to spend my life with you. I like you, you yeah. like me, and like we're gonna come together. We're gonna we're gonna become unit. We're gonna become one unit and unify. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and it makes sense that if that's the case, we should be rowing in the same direction, not just with our interests, like we like to yes. travel, but we should be rowing in the same direction with our money. And Matt would always say this. This is brilliant. He goes, your wedding is one day, your marriage is a lifetime. Yes. Your marriage is one day, your wedding is a lifetime. And people spend so much time planning one day and not very much time planning their lifetime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They forget that. I I mean, everything focuses on the big day. All the um, ads and all of the marketing goes towards that experience and... 
I mean, it's it's really what little from little kids. That's what we're told. Oh, hey, let's go have this big party. They go to parties. You expect that you're going to have the same thing, and you don't really think about what happens. It's sometimes a huge rush just to have the wedding. You know. Yeah. So what, what I want to talk about are some of the issues. We have seven. We'll probably you know some of them will, will kind of bleed into the others, and we'll probably talk yeah. about other ones mm-hmm. just just as as we discuss here. Mm-hmm. But these are seven okay. issues that if you are getting married. Or if you're currently married and you've never discussed this, you might want to have these. You might want to discuss these these uh, these issues. So, number number one is you need to identify who who's going to be doing the certain financial responsibilities in the right. marriage. Right. So, yes. like, yeah. people are gifted in different things. Right, Xavier and I. Xavier and I are we're obviously not married, but when you're in a business together, there is it is there is a certain there's a certain unity in in a business that's yeah. similar um, yeah. to a marriage in terms of making decisions. And Xavier and I will often talk about how our different skill sets fit together perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like we bring different yes. tools to the table. And it, it, exactly. and another part of that discussion is. We don't make any decision without bringing that other individual um, into it. You know, Eric, Eric had talked about earlier um, what he and Matt were doing. And, and I wish, mm-hmm. I wish I would have known that program when we got married 15 years ago. I, I, I think, you know, that would save what people doing going through that would save a lot of marriages. When we first got married, um, we didn't we didn't sit down and, and share our finances. Mm-hmm. You know, everything was separate. Um, Maureen wanted to sit down and, and she, that question was always, how much do you make? What are you making? Um, but because of what I do and, and that, that random income, one day, one month it may be here, next month it may be here, and yeah. then it bounces back up there. You know, yeah. I couldn't give her a definitive answer and we just never had that conversation. And that was one of our biggest arguments that we had over mm. the first year. Yeah. Um, you know, I've learned over the years that I have to come to the table, um, and whether it's with Maureen, whether it's with Eric, have those conversations when it comes to finances and making those decisions. In in, in y'all's experiences in in each of your marriages, I'm curious, do you find that there are certain things that financially that you're better at than your spouse's? Oh, I, I know I tend to be a little bit more conservative, Mm -hmm. On the conservative side, my my husband is much more of a. He does plan. Okay. He has the money in the four hundred one k. He does all of that, but he is more of like, hey, live in the moment, enjoy the experience, not you know stress about all of that. And I'm more just because of how I grew up and my circumstances, planning for the future. Like, okay, let's not get in over our heads, yeah. <laughs> things like that. You know, so um, you know. It's a definite difference in how we approach things. Yeah. So, so one of you it might be, one of you might be more equipped to yeah. deal with the daily budget. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah, and my guess is honestly, we. My guess is yeah. based off of what you said, your husband's probably not the one who wants to follow the budget or deal with the budget. And not so much. I'm the one that will yeah. implement things like you know creating the menu for the week so we know what we're eating, so I don't have to order out and spend a small fortune on yeah. takeout. Mm-hmm. Every week, and he's more like, if I'm not there to do it, <laughs> it's takeout every night. <laughs> so, so, in, so in the financial space, I didn't like, yeah. like there's, there's. I remember had a, I was meeting with a um, 
with a couple and we have this really cool financial assessment that I could I could give yeah. it to the husband I can give it to the wife and then we can overlay it so I can I can yeah. see really quickly their differences in their skill sets financially okay mm-hmm. so for instance one of the things is 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 confidence we test on confidence and yeah. and she had very low confidence in making financial decisions he had very high confidence in financial uh, making financial decisions. Yeah. And then one of the questions was, uh, we test for is planning and monitoring. So like, how how good are you at making a plan and sticking to it? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. and, and overlaying, he had a confidence she didn't. She had very low planning and monitoring. So, mm-hmm. you know, I asked this very simple question, who pays the bills? And he's like, oh, I, I pay the bills. And I, I turned to her, I said, do you feel like you know what's going on you know, financially. And these are, these are professionals. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I really don't know. I really don't, you know, I mean, I trust him and, and, uh, you know, but I really don't, I really don't know what's going on financially. So I turned to him and I said, Hey, do you have a problem if she sits in with you when, when you pay the bills? Like, no, like this, we just defaulted. I just paid the bills. And that's just kind of how we, we defaulted to it. Mm-hmm. They came back. We met, we met about two or three months later and they had made mm-hmm some huge financial decisions that she had input in just because she all of a sudden had more confidence because she was involved in something that she had the skill yeah. set that she should have been doing. Yes. Right. Yes. And one of the things that we talked about prior to us getting on, um, we talked about yeah. giving our spouses that uh, fiduciary responsibility, yeah. you know, allowing, allowing one of those spouses to make uh, a decision on behalf of both of yeah. us. Um, yes. And I, I think a lot of couples go through that right now. Um, yeah. Look, Maureen pays all the bills, right? Yeah. Um, I, I just, because I do what I do, I choose not to sit down and, and go through it when I get home. So I've given her yeah. that fiduciary responsibility just to let me know what you need and just write that check, pay that bill. So, yeah, so I have full me- faith in her. Let, let, let's contextualize yeah. this fiduciary responsibility mm-hmm. and contextualize that that conversation because yeah. it sounds weird to talk about like fiduciary responsibility in marriage. Yeah. Like I have fiduciary responsibility for my wife. Like, it's kind of <laughs> silly. So we were. T- <laughs> I, I made the analogy. I was sharing the experience with Xavier, and my wife she just doesn't like talking about money. It's just not her favorite thing. So uh, yeah. when I bring it up, she's like, "I trust you. You make a decision." And whenever someone says, "I trust you. You make the decision." All of a sudden, I feel like there's this there's there's this extra weightiness. It's a burden. Yeah. Well, a burden maybe responsibility, right? Oh, yeah, burden. There you like go. so yeah. so in in our client in our client planning relationship, we have fiduciary responsibility yeah. to give advice to our clients that mm-hmm. is in their best interest. So when my wife says, "Hey, Eric, you make the decision," like all of a sudden, I feel like I've got this fiduciary responsibility to make a good decision for her because here's what we see. And you've probably seen this um, with your friends. Maybe you've experienced this yourself. What tends to happen, particularly with 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 money, and it's not talked like you said, it's not talked about. And Matt and I, uh, I think we did an entire show on this. We, we call it financial infidelity. Right, Sounds someone so in the relationship <laughs> is making decisions with money that they're hiding. That's that they're being unfaithful yeah. with their money to the other to yeah. the other partner. Okay. That it's yes. not in line with their goals. It's not in line with their values and they're hiding it. Infidelity mm-hmm. is kind of the antithesis of fiduciary, right? In a fiduciary yeah. relationship, I have to be faithful to making mm-hmm. a decision that is in your best interest. Infidelity is unfaithfulness. Yes. So 
if someone in the marriage relationship is making investment decisions, right? Because that's what they're skilled mm -hmm. to, right? They have the temperament mm -hmm. to make those decisions. Yeah. And the other person could care less or is just doesn't have the temperament. It makes them nervous to watch the stock market. See that all the time, right? Yeah. The person making those decisions now has to make an investment decision, get this, that's not necessarily in line with their risk tolerance, but something that's in line with the couple's collective risk tolerance. There's a fiduciary responsibility. And that's what I was talking about, right? There's a faithfulness yes. to our peace yes. of mind in making this decision with our investments. Yeah. Not doing something too risky or, yeah, and blowing all your money. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, it can be scary. That's no good. That's no good. So, so part no. two, we talked about mm -hmm. this idea of some people have skills and, and really identifying mm -hmm. those and talking through that. The mm -hmm. second thing here, and this is a big one, do you plan on combining finances? Oh, that's an interesting one. Uh, and honestly, I, I don't think there's a correct or incorrect answer. I've done it both ways. I've been married twice. And the first time we never had a joint bank account. And it honestly worked out <laughs> for me when we split up, but um, it also you know was a good was decision. Yeah, it was a, it was an excellent decision. Maybe subconsciously, I knew. I don't know. Um, I now and it's interesting. I wouldn't say we all of our money is in the same accounts. We do have a joint bank account, my husband and I. Yeah. But um, I do have you know another a bank account that I pay for things out of myself. You know, and so and that's actually just a very recent thing. I never. We just always paid out of the joint account. And I'm like, you know what? I need some money so that I can go buy his Christmas present without him finding out about it, you yeah. know? And, uh, you know, just little things like that. So it's, it's not a lack of trust factor. It's just, mm. you know, most of the money goes into there, but then some goes into this yeah. other account. So that, so that conversation or that decision was made once you guys yeah. sat down and, and had a conversation about finances prior to actually getting married and making that decision? Well, <sighs> I don't even, I feel like we just, it just happened. We didn't have a full on conversation about it, but um, I don't know. Maybe I just felt a lot more confidence in this relationship. Mm -hmm. And we just, I, I didn't even change my name for the first uh, marriage and I did for this one. And um, so I don't know, maybe, like I said, maybe I knew. And, um, you know, I never had a problem joining finances. I felt like he wasn't going to spend without talking to me on major things. Mm -hmm. Like we don't consult on tiny little things like, you know, day-to-day -day expenses right. or minor expenses. If we're going to do something massive, it's a conversation. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if we're going to do the spray foam insulation in the attic, which was a great decision, by the way, um, we, we looked at all the different options and decided on the one that was going to be best for us. Yeah. So, um, you know, the bigger things we do tend to talk about, but the smaller things kind of just happen. Yeah. So, so your your experience is it's good, but y'all never sat down and had the yeah. conversation. Having that conversation is is really really important. So you know, we talk about combining finances. There's a lot of aspects to combining finance. And in part three, um, or number three, is kind of related to that about maintaining separate accounts. Um, there are some yes. accounts that need to be maintained separately, like retirement accounts. Yes. yes. Um, but you bring yeah. up a really good point about like I just didn't want him to know that I was buying him something for Christmas, right? Yeah. So yeah. number yeah. one. And Congratulations to him for keeping such close tabs <laughs> on money out of the account. Most people don't. Yes. Most people don't keep track of of money in, money yeah. out. So that's really good. That's that's a good skill. Yeah, yeah. it's a good skill. You got to know where your yes. money's going, right? Um, yes. But yeah, um, I'm a, look. I'm a fan of combining accounts. Yes. But yes. I agree with you. The answer should yeah. be. It depends. I mean, there there are some factors yeah. that that um, that 
make sense not to combine. But let me go back to the, what my opening remarks is when you're making a decision to get married, you're becoming yes. one, right? Because we want to, we clearly have long-term goals and long-term visions. If that's the, it's like Xavier and I starting a business. And I said, look, man, I got 50,000, you got 50,000. You go build the business the way you think it should be built. And I'll go build the business the way I think it should be built. Any business coach would say, that's the stupidest business plan ever. It'll never work. <laughs> so yeah. even if we kept separate accounts, it becomes really important that we're making decisions in alignment with each other. Yes. And that's what yes. I would say. If you got separate accounts, that's cool. But just make sure that, um, you know, I hear often like, yeah. I hear this is what I hear a lot from couples. I pay the mortgage and the car note and then she like yeah. has money to buy groceries and kid stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that, that's interesting. Um, yeah. You know, why not just put it in one place? Like, you know, then are yeah. you tracking like I spent more than her? I just feel that sometimes that can create this, especially if there's a yeah. discrepancy in in um, in income. Yeah, that becomes it, it can leave one partner. Yeah, like one person's making a feeling, lot of money and one person's not, and then there's like this. Yeah. Then there becomes this dynamic, like oh, I don't want to spend, I don't want to spend the money because yeah. she's making more than me, and I want to. It's like it's like now, man. Like when when you see it all, it's one, not healthy. Yeah. You, 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 there's a, there's almost like an equality, right? It's more egalitarian, yeah. Yeah. if you will. Um, yeah. yeah. I, and, and I've seen it the other way as well. Um, I've seen it where that individual who's not making as much, it allows yeah. that individual to still feel like he or she is contributing um, yes. to the relationship from a financial standpoint. Um, yeah. Because that individual knows, hey, look, uh, my significant other is making more than me. You know, but they're still being able to contribute, even if it's just taking care of the stuff for the kids. Yes. Well, so hold I, on. I, I hold think on. there's hold two on. sides. Hold on. on that point, on that point, every Mother's Day, mm-hmm. um, I like to bring up the salary.com um, post that basically says, you said you talk about a stay-at-home mom or, or mom at home with the kids. Like, yeah. if you were to put a dollar amount on all the, the hats and the roles that a stay-at-home mom plays... Oh, you couldn't afford it. <laughs> you know, I, I've got a blog. It's no one, one of my top one of my top ranking blog posts. It's I can't afford my wife. This was back in the day when yeah. she was home. Uh, we were homeschooling, and I think yeah. I would oh, owe her wow. like one hundred and forty seven thousand a year in in salary for like mm-hmm. private oh, nice. chef, uh, private chauffeur, uh, yeah. counseling services, mm-hmm. <laughs> therapist, nurse. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah sometimes and I think, those tasks. Yeah, right. I think yeah. that's starting to shift as well. You know, now you're starting to see more of the professional woman making more than 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 the husband mm-hmm. and the husband being staying at home. So I I, yeah. I think we're starting to see a shift in that as well. Yeah. yeah. So so I don't. So so um, having that conversation before you get married is a really good conversation to have about. Yeah. You know, are we going to join? How are we going to do this? Um, now the the only place I'd say having a separate one is having an actual wedding planning account. Like put your money in that account. So you well you talking you talking about something totally spending. different. So, yeah, so that is yeah, a, that is yeah, a, a, a it's a separate account for a specific purpose. I love yeah. that idea. I'm a yes. huge fan yeah, yeah. Right. of attaching. Yeah. Pr- I love it when um, yeah. when clients have a goal and we name the bank account yeah. after the goal. Yeah. So Jessica, yeah. what do you name that account? Share with us what you call that account. So the wedding planning account. Yes. Uh, you could call it your wedding fund, your honey fund. There's actually a website called the Honey, the fund, honey fund that you right. can crowd. Source and, and your that's, wedding. That's what money. caught my attention. <laughs> uh, you yeah. called you, you named it the Honey Fund. Yeah, there's a, there's an actual website that it was originally developed to um, 
be a honeymoon registry where you could get, instead of guests buying you a thing, they could pay for part of your honeymoon. I know they've expanded to literally everything, buying a house, paying for your wedding, all this other stuff. So it's interesting. It's a little bit controversial, but definitely becoming more accepted these days. So yeah, no, I've been I've been invited to several weddings where the the registry is mm-hmm. honeymoon stuff. Buy me dinner at this restaurant, it's, this this outing. I think that's actually I think that's fantastic. I, I yeah. love that idea. I kind of love it. I love it. I, I like the idea of less things and more mm-hmm. experiences. And um, we with like my kids, they have so many toys they don't yeah. play with. I'm like, why? <laughs> Let's have them have an experience instead of buying them another thing that they're going to step on and break. Well, my wife and I were debating, like, do we get rid of the China? Like, we've never used it. Like, it's taking up yeah. cabinet space. Like, that's, yeah, man, I would have loved yeah. a, 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 an outing, you know, at, we went to St. Martin's already, but I would have loved someone to pay for our, our, you know, parasailing, you know, outing. That'd have been great. Mm-hmm. That'd have been great. All right. Yeah. So, uh, number four, I, I've lost track. I, I, I don't know. I gave Xavier a hard time last week about not being able to count, and now I'm the one. I don't even know where I'm at. So I think we're on four or five. Touché. Four or five. Um, what yeah. goes around comes around. Uh, debt. Have yes. a conversation with your fiance about debt. Yes. I, I don't know who yes. it was, um, but we were having a conversation, and they were talking about their their engagement to the, their their first. Well, they never got married to their first. Yeah. fiance and yeah. the issue of debt came up and she found out they had like some absurd number like like overall over six figures of credit card debt and then, she, <laughs> and then she's like you know what hmm. she, she cut it off like if he if he couldn't disclose that and had such bad habits to to accrue that mm-hmm. much debt now, I'm not saying don't marry someone who has a lot of debt because people could have changed, yeah. like, you know, they could have changed a heart. Like, yeah. like, but right. what I'm saying is, but, but know, go, know what you're getting into. Yeah, go in wise, yeah, wide open. I, yes. I mean, exactly. You don't want to have to be working to pay off somebody else's bad habits and maybe they're not changed. Maybe they're still doing that and building more debt and you don't want to be stuck in that. It's not worth it. Yeah. Because so. debt is, um, and we, we started this conversation off with debt, right? You you shared about your yeah. you know debt debt's heavy, debt's heavy. Our third yeah. pillar to yeah. uh, our third pillar of financial security is squash debt. Now we get there's good debt and there's yeah. bad debt, or there's more acceptable yeah. debt and bad debt. But man, yeah. debt is bad. And one of the things that yeah. Dr. Matt and I would do when we were presenting is I would present mm-hmm. more the the financial side of what you know how to avoid getting into debt how to get out of debt. And then Matt would talk about, and this was fascinating, he would talk about what that looks like clinically when a couple you're counseling has a lot of debt and what that does and and how that erodes the couple relationship. It's no good. And you honestly have so much pressure on you to pay for things that you can't function in the relationship. I've seen people killing themselves to pay for things that I'm like, why, why are you doing that? Like you're, you're putting yourself in this debt for what, you know, is this ultimately worth it? You know? And you know, it's again, it's one of the societal expectations. We have to have, the what the neighbors next door have. Well, type it's the of dream thing. house, right? Yeah. You know, one thing I talk about yeah. often is um, young people try to accumulate in five years what it took their parents thirty years to accumulate. Exactly. And that's one of the I things. Mean, that's one of I'm my biggest d- financial regrets is I had this this idea that I had to have a, a, a custom built house as soon as I possibly could. Yeah. And it's like ugh, you know, yeah. right? And then they, yeah. you're. You- 
you go through phases as you mature and where I was 20 years ago is very different than where I am now. And if I had to try to live where I am now, 20 years ago, I would have been very miserable right now. So a little bit of patience is what (laughs) patience and hard work. We all get wisdom. It's the, the the gray hair that each gray hair is, is one bad decision I made. And that's a lesson. It's a lesson learned. Oh, I I just, good, huh? Yeah. All right. Um, another another one of our issues, again, maybe I think we're on five here, uh, we, we kind of touched uh-huh. on already, was this idea of, of when you're coming, when you're getting married, you're bringing in your own risk tolerance, your own, um, yeah. your own investment goals with somebody else's. Yeah. So oftentimes, yeah. the, those goals are not in alignment. And I'm not talking about like, mm-hmm. yeah, we want to we buy a house on the beach. I'm talking about like, I am saving, I am investing, I am allocating X mm-hmm. amount of my money to my investments, and I am I am putting it all on uh, this one company, mm-hmm. kind of like what you were talking about earlier. And you're like, no, no, I'm a little yeah. more conservative. I want to be safe. Oh my gosh, the market's yeah. down. You know, my account lost a dollar. Yeah. It's too risky. No, yeah. Well, my, yeah. my account's down 100,000. It's good because it's going to come back. Like, like those are really important things because yeah. that deals with our emotions. And when our emotions are off, yeah, mm, yeah. yeah. And, and where you are in life does depend too. Like when the market crashed in 2008, it, uh, my accounts took a huge hit, you know, we lost thousands, but I wasn't planning to use them right then. So for me, it wasn't, I was like, okay, well it'll recover. It'll come back. It's not that big of a deal, but for someone that was about to retire and lost everything, it's a much right. bigger circumstance to be facing. And so I don't know. Yeah. I guess the diversification right. there is where it you're about to get important. a fourth and job it, as a financial planner, <laughs> Jessica. But it, it, it comes back as having those conversations with your spouse. I mean, you guys, you looked at what your goal is for the future, and you also know what your current goals are. And, and having yeah. those conversations allow you not to panic yeah. as a couple in 2008. Yeah, I, I, that's so. why I tend to be. I, I'm not completely adverse to risk, but I also want to be. Um, I want to be looking to the future. I want to be looking to that, but I don't want to put all of my eggs in one basket, so to speak. You know, it's thinking about having that money in different places where it can work for me to my advantage. Should one thing go belly up, you know? Cool. So having that, having that investment conversation is important. These last two, I'm going to combine six and seven, um, because I think that there, there are, there, there are two separate issues, Mm -hmm. but for the sake of time, we'll just kind of combine them here. Mm -hmm. And, it's um, do your beneficiary designations need to be changed on yes. retirement accounts and yes. mm-hmm. um, and life insurance your or other insurance accounts? Right. And here, here's why, here's why that's important, especially for those of you who are on number two. Yeah, you know the second mm-hmm. marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yep. not uncommon to come across life insurance policies. We're like, like, who's that person? Yeah. Oh, that was my first husband. I need to change. Yeah, you better change your. Do you want him to get all your life insurance money? Because there's no chance that like. So, got to check those yeah. things. Yes, yes, it's really important. I mean, it, I think just checking through every couple of years, or heck, even every year, it's. I, I think when I first set up my um, life insurance policy with Xavier, I was in a different place. And we realized, oh, gosh, you know, no, I want this money to go to my kids and my husband, not to whoever right. else, you know. And it's, you just forget. You put right. things on autopilot, you know, you pay the bill every month. And 
and you don't realize what's going to happen. And it'll start a fight because people get greedy when someone dies and there's money on the table. Let's Absolutely. just face it. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll take, you know, I'll take that a step uh, further. Mm-hmm. You know, often what I find is people become, they get divorced. And the first mm-hmm. thing they do is change those beneficiaries to children. Um, yes. You want to review that as well. You want to see where those children are. Age yeah. plays a big part in beneficiaries when you're naming children um, yeah. as your beneficiary. So, mm-hmm. you know, really sit down, think about yeah. what you're doing, who you're naming mm-hmm. as those beneficiaries, and review it mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Yeah, that's actually that's actually the, about- the last point. The one I was combining with changing beneficiaries, yeah. Avery, is exactly that. Mm-hmm. If you have kids from previous marriage, you got to have that discussion. That has a huge impact yes. on on. Um, look, it's it's. I mean, we 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 see this in, in the work that we do, where there's a second marriage and there's kids and and there's there's unequal treatment of kids and one spouse doesn't like it and um, you know we've seen second marriages fall apart because mm-hmm. of of financial stuff because like I want to take care of my kid I want to take care of my kid and 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 that stuff has. It's mm-hmm. problematic. So having those conversations in advance of getting married, putting it all yeah. out on the yeah. table, this is stuff that you don't want to be surprised with. Like, oh, you have a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Oh, you've got uh, a previous kid. Oh, um, <laughs> right. All your money's in, <laughs> all your money's tied up in some, you know, some some startup child support tech or company, right? right? Like, mm-hmm. so my my final thought, right, mm-hmm. is. If you want your children to be listed as a beneficiary, I am a huge proponent of, of creating at will. And for those children that are minors, create a trust. Exactly. You know, if you want the children as your beneficiaries, create a trust and have those children as a beneficiary of the trust. That's a Langyap issue right okay. there. That'd be number eight. Yeah. That's a Langyap. A little yeah. something extra, y'all. There so for go. those of y'all not in New Orleans and you have no idea what I just said, Langyap, that's a French word that we use down here. It means yes. a little something extra for free. Something extra. No cost. Yes. There you go. There you go. Jessica, yeah. this has been great. It has been. This is awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. We might have to. Yeah. I, told, uh, I told Dr. Matt that that I was having you on. We we're going to talk about weddings. He was like, oh, yeah. can, I, can, I, can I come? I said, oh, well, maybe next time. Maybe next time. So, I'll do another one. So we'll have to do another I'll come one. back. It's all good. When you, when you launch your <laughs> podcast, let us know. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, we're gonna we're getting those balls rolling right now. Awesome. It's, it's happening. Awesome. So excited. Well, thanks again. Uh, y'all, if y'all like what you're listening, follow us, share this on social, find us on YouTube. Um, appreciate appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much. Information presented and discussed on the Stuff About Money podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute direct financial advice. Consult with a qualified financial advisor prior to implementing any strategies discussed. Eric Garcia and Xavier Angel's branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-5479. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor not affiliated with Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated. 